Good morning, church. Happy Easter. Can we declare this morning uh, that Easter Sunday is good because of Good Friday? Can we declare that this morning? And can we even go a step further and declare that Easter Sunday is good because of the third day? Because we know that on the third day, what does that say up there? He is risen, right? That's what we celebrate today. We celebrate the empty tomb. Well, I hope you woke up this morning with just great anticipation. I know it's hard to get up for some of us. <laughs> it was early, early morning. But I hope that you woke up just with the anticipation of what the Lord has done, what the Lord will continue to do, and what the Lord is currently doing here this morning. And I pray that as we've been sitting here, as we've been taking part in this worship service to God, I pray that he's been revealing more and more of himself, more and more of his story to you. You see, we started off this morning with this video that says, we believe, you guys remember that an hour ago, right? Uh, As we started off this service, we believe. And so we wanted to declare as a church, we wanted to declare as leadership that we believe, right? We believe that God is the father, that he loves us, that he loves us and he cares for us. We believe that God is the creator of all things, right? Including you and I this morning. And we believe that Jesus is the son of God. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a good teacher, but he is the living son of God. And we also believe that on the third day, Jesus rose up out of the grave. That's why we're here this morning. And he's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. And we believe that God is coming back. We believe that he is coming back to take his church. And so if you're here this morning, I assume that you want to believe. I assume that you want to believe. I mean, do you believe that if the tomb is empty, then anything is possible? Do you believe that your past doesn't have to define you? That whatever you came in here with this morning, whatever, whatever baggage, whatever things have been going on in your life, that that doesn't define you. Only God defines you. And do you believe that when Jesus hung on that cross and when he says it is finished, that that meant that your sin had been completely wiped out? That meant that your sin had been taken care of. The debt had been paid. And do you believe that God is for you this morning and not against you? Can I get an amen to that? God is for you and not against you. Well, if you want to believe... Right. That God actually has a purpose and a plan for you this morning. Then can I say this? You came to the right place this morning. Right. You came to the right place. Well, we've been asking and kind of posing this question all throughout this morning. It's been woven throughout our worship. And the question that we've been posing this morning is this. Who do you say that I am? Think about that question for a minute. Who do you say that I am? I mean, that's a question that people all throughout history have had to wrestle with, right? We're not the first ones this morning to have to think through that question, right? And this is a question that in your lifetime needs to be answered. It's one of the greatest questions that you will ever have to face, right? Who is Jesus? Who is God? Is he the one true God? And so these are questions that we have to ask ourselves. Well, as we take a glance back to the Old Testament this morning, 
Uh, we'll see in Exodus chapter three, verses 13 through 15, that Moses had to ask God this very question. And so read along with me on the screen. Dave, if you can flip that forward. In Exodus chapter three, 13 through 50, it's on the screen, or you can also look it up in your Bibles and follow along. But it says this, it says, if I come to the people of Israel, this is Moses. If I come to the people of Israel and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Remember, Moses is being prepared to deliver God's people from the Egyptians. Right. And so God says to Moses this phrase, he says, I am who I am. And he said, if that's not enough, he says, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And then God also said to Moses, you can also say this. He says, say this to the people of Israel, that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. For this is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Now, we could spend a whole sermon, a whole morning, a whole month talking about just this statement. I am or I am who I am. Uh, but if I could just give you a quick nugget of truth behind the name of God, it would be it would sound something like this, that God is all powerful. God is infinite. God is absolute. God is self-determined and he exists without the help of anything or anyone. No one brought God to existence. God has always been and he can never change and he will never change. He's the same God yesterday. He's the same God today and he's the same God tomorrow. God will never change. In Psalms uh, chapter nine, verse 10, you'll see this up on the screen uh, this, this verse declares this, and those who know your name will put their trust in you for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And so I asked you this morning, who do you say that he is? Who do you say that Jesus is? Think about this. Let's fast forward to the new Testament. Grab your Bibles. Fast forward to the book of John chapter eight. John chapter eight, find your way to verse 57. It'll also be up on the screen if you want to watch it on the screen. But Jesus was in a kind of heated discussion with some of the Jewish people. And we kind of pick it up in verse 57. He says this it says the Jews replied, you aren't 50 years old yet. And yet you've seen Abraham. And Jesus said to them, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. Right. And at that, they began to pick up stones to throw at him, to stone him. But Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple complex. See, they understood the magnitude of that I am statement. Right. That I am statement was a claim to be the one true God. Right. That's what he was claiming when he made that statement. That was the statement that his father had already claimed to the Jewish people. As we watched the video earlier of the disciple, we saw the following account from Matthew 16. And you can read this on the screen along with me. But Matthew chapter 16, 
uh, verses 13 through 20, when Jesus asked this very same question to his closest disciples, right, to the 12 that were following him. And he says this, he says, now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others still say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he looks them in the face to his disciples and he says to them, but who do you say that I am? Well, as we saw from the video, Simon Peter replied and he said, you, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. See, this is the most important question ever to be posed in all of humanity of all times, really. Right. No human being will ever be faced with a more pressing question with such eternal ramifications than that one. Right. Who do you say that I am? Well, before Jesus starts off, he starts off in a general sense, right? He says, well, who do the people say that I am? Right. Who do those around you say that I am? And then he gets very specific with them and he says, okay, disciples, but you've been with me now for almost three years, Right. Who do you say that I am? Right. Jesus knew that his time was coming. Jesus knew that soon his disciples would have to carry the message. And so he wanted to make sure, hey, I'm concerned that they knew who I am. But first, I need to know that you know who I am. Church, this morning, salvation, we have to understand as a very personal matter. See, your family may have grown up believing a certain way or a certain thing or a certain religion, but God is not going to judge you as a family unit. But rather, God is going to judge you as an individual. Each one of us will individually stand before the maker of everything, our creator, and we will each have to give an account for the way that we chose to live our life, for the way that we answered this question. Who do you say that Jesus is? See, Peter in this passage was proclaiming, you are, you are Jesus, you are the Christ. But then he adds to the end of that, he says, you are the son of the living God. Why does he add that? Well, that's a direct reference to Old Testament. That's a direct reference to the name for God, Jehovah. So when he says that, he's saying, you, right, you are Jesus Christ. You are God. You are Jehovah. You are the one that our, our ancestors have been worshiping. You are the God that we serve. He's basically saying all those other small, dumb gods out there, right? They're dead, right? But you are the living God. You are the one that Israel has been waiting for. You are God's son. You're the one that the Psalms and the prophets have been declaring and prophesying about. Well, see, the question Jesus posed disciples on that day in Caesarea Philippi, that question remains for us today. 
Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that I am? And then we got a snapshot this morning from the, uh, the other video uh, of a blind man. His name was Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus' story can be found in Mark chapter 10. Um, I have that on the screen as well. You can follow along. But in Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46, it says, And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus and he said to him, what do you want me to do for you? It's not a statement Jesus says every day, right? But to, to, to Bartimaeus, he says, what do you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? And so the blind man said to him, Rabbi, all I really want is for my sight to be recovered. So Jesus says to him, go your way for your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. See, Bartimaeus was a beggar. Bartimaeus was blind. Bartimaeus in that time was an outcast for every intensive purpose. He was a loner. Right. Didn't have any other friends except maybe a couple other beggars that were there with him. Yet his whole life was bent around this idea of having to beg for a living. And here he is in this moment in probably a dark moment in his life when he has been in this situation for such a long time. And he hears the footprint. He hears the crowd and he hears this movement. And he had to answer the question. Who was this Jesus? Who was this Jesus? I mean, was he just another religious leader? Was he just another prophet? Was he just a good teacher? I mean, why were all of these people following him? Could it be that he was a fraud? Who was he? Well, Bartimaeus intentionally decides in his heart at that moment that he must be the son of of David. He must be the son of God. And so he cries out on him, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, when he mentions the word son of David, that's a messianic title. That's a title referring only to the coming Messiah. And so he makes that declaration saying, Jesus, you are the Messiah. See, Bartimaeus, in his blindness of sight, showed incredible vision through his soul. He had such incredible faith, and he calls out to Jesus, and Jesus heals him. Here's what I love about Bartimaeus' story. Do you realize what happens at the very end? Says, Jesus says to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. So immediately he recovered his sight, and then what does he do? Now, he doesn't go his way. He goes the way of the Savior. He goes the way of Jesus. Right? And day in and day out, he chooses to follow Jesus. 
Well, maybe you're here this morning and at some point in your life, you have sought forgiveness from God. Right. Maybe at some point in your life, you had recognized your sin and you said, God, the only way I can overcome the sin is to recognize that you are God that forgives. And maybe you would ask for forgiveness. Maybe you are one that asked for mercy in your life and you called out to Jesus. But maybe if you're honest this morning, maybe you chose since then to go your own way. Maybe since then you've decided, you know what, though I believe in Jesus, sometimes it's a lot easier if I just do things myself, if I just do what I want to do, right? We live in a culture where we're saturated with that. Just do your own thing. Do what makes you happy. Do what you want to do. So maybe some of us have been living uh, this life in that matter. Maybe this morning it's time to get back on track with Jesus. See, Paul said to the Galatians, he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the new life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And if you go a little bit later in Galatians chapter three, Paul asked them this question. He says, hey, after beginning with the spirit, are you now going to be complete by the flesh? Right. Sometimes it's easy to make that initial decision. Yeah, Jesus, I'm willing to follow you. Yeah, Jesus, I'm willing to give my life for you. But then we head down a road where we do everything on our own accord. We allow our fleshly body to handle the, the trials and the temptations of life. And Jesus says, hey, I didn't die just for you to come to church on Sunday morning for an hour and the rest of the week live the way you want to live. Right. The reason I the reason Jesus rose from the grave is so that we would have an abundant life so that we can have a life that is focused and and bent on Jesus. Church, we can't live this life on our own accord. Right. We'll fail every time. Maybe maybe you have experienced that already in your life. I love Romans chapter five, verse eight. It says this. It says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. That while we were still sinners, catch that, while we were still caught in our sin, Christ died for us. See, there's nothing that you and I can do to earn salvation this morning. There's nothing you and I can do to gain the right of being called a child of God. But it's because Jesus demonstrates his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Jesus hung on that cross for you and I. Jesus breathed that last breath for you and I this morning. And then Jesus rose from the grave victoriously over death for you and I. So maybe this morning you need to have an urgency. Maybe this morning we need to have an urgency of eternity in mind. Maybe your eternal destiny, we have to remember this, is dependent on your response to Jesus when he asked this question, who do you say that I am. Have you answered that this morning in your own life? Who is Jesus? Have you declared him to be the Messiah? Have you declared him to be the king? He is more than just a prophet church. He is more than just a good man. He's more than just a great teacher. He indeed is the one and the only Messiah. He is the only way to God, the father. He's the risen Christ. He's the son of the living God. 
So who do you say that Jesus is? That's my question for you this morning. That's what we've been trying to pose all morning through this worship service. Who is Jesus? And who do you say that he is? Can you do this with me? Can you stand with me this morning? Joey's going to come up uh, and play. And just as he plays, I want to invite you this morning uh, to come to the altar. I want to invite you this morning to step out of your out of your row, out of your seat. Doesn't matter if you've been a believer for a long time or maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. I want to call everybody to just step out to the altar. And here's what I want to specifically call, call out this morning. First, if you've never declared that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, if you've never declared that Jesus is the son of the living God, if you've never declared that he came to give his life as a ransom to pay your debt and my debt. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've heard about Jesus. You maybe your kids have told you about Jesus or maybe your parents have told you about Jesus. But you have never made that a personal decision. Remember, when you stand before Jesus someday. It doesn't matter what your family's done. It only matters what you've done. It only matters how you have answered the question, who do you say that he is? And so as Joey continues to play, if that's you this morning, I want you to step out and I want you to make a bold move and come down here. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He gave his life for you. The least we can do is say, I recognize that. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. So I'm going to ask if that's you this morning to come forward. I also want to ask for you that maybe have been a believer for a long time. Maybe you have been a Christ follower. Maybe you asked and you cried out for forgiveness and you cried out for mercy. But if you're honest with yourself this morning, you've been living life your own way. You've been doing your own thing. You've been filling up your schedule with whatever pleases you, with, with whatever pleases your flesh. And maybe this morning is a time that you need to realize I can't do this on my own. God has called me to so much more. And church, we would be such a powerful uh, storehouse for Jesus if we would just give our lives to him. If we would dedicate more than just an hour on a Sunday to him. If we would be the voice of our Savior to a dying world. And so I'm just going to say, if you want to come before the Lord this morning, you just want to spend some time with him. You want to get yourself back into a right relationship with him. Or maybe you want to dedicate more of your time to him. Joey's going to continue to play. I'm going to step down. And if you just want to come to the altar, the altar is open this morning. this morning God we come before you recognizing that you are on the throne so God whether we've come before it or we're standing in our seats God I pray that you would help us to recognize that we come before you humbly this morning God my prayer is that none of us would leave this place the same that we entered it God you are doing a work in us each one of us 
God, you allow your spirit to dwell within us if we if we recognize you as king. God, you have given us a helper to live this life. So, God, I pray that we as a church, that we would move forward from this day. God, that we would be people who dedicate our lives to you. God, that we would be people about the word, that we would study it, that we would know it. God, that you would reveal more of yourself to us. God, I pray that Easter 2018, this day on April 1st. God, that this would be a day that you have declared as a day where you are going to do a new work in our lives. God, you're going to do a new work in our church. God, you're going to do a new work in this community, in this city of Norwalk. God, I'm convinced that you have planted us here for a time and a reason and a purpose. God, you brought us here this morning for a reason. God, it's by no accident that we're sitting here. It's by no accident that we're standing in this place. And so, God, would you just pour out your blessing on us? God, would you pour out your joy of your salvation upon us? God, I pray that no one would leave here without receiving you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that no one would leave this place without recognizing that you are worth living for. God, you're so worth it. So, God, would you just go before us? God, would you use us, help us to be the light of the world? That's what you call us to be. God, as we head out of this place. God, thanks for our families. Thanks for friends. Thanks for those that we'll gather with later today to just celebrate this Easter day. But God, would you always be on the forefront of our minds? God, would your word always be hidden in our hearts? God, that we can be mighty ambassadors for you. So God, we love you. We pray all, this, all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life up for us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you, church, for coming. Uh, feel free to stick around for our Easter egg hunt. Feel free to stick around. Uh, get your photo taken out here in the, in the courtyard with your family. Uh, we love you. Uh, if you don't have a home church, please come visit us next Sunday. God bless.